May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So we have a story about some fishermen. Simon and Andrew, they were fishermen, so they were casting their net into the sea. That's what fishermen of the day did. Day after day, the same thing, the same sea, the same net, the same boat. Day after day, it was wind and water and fish and sunburn and sore muscles and tired hands. Simon and Andrew probably grew up watching their father casting a net into the sea. They probably remember watching their grandfather cast a net into the sea. They probably grew up seeing every day what their future would look like. Cast the net, pull it in. Cast the net, pull it in. If you're not casting the net in those days, then you were in the boat mending the net. That's what James and John were doing in our story. Casting and mending. Casting and mending. We all know about those days, right? Where it seems that all we do is cast and mend and cast and mend and cast and mend. We may not fish for a living, but we know about casting and mending. We know about those things and those days that always seem the same. One day looks like another. Life seems ordinary, life is routine. Nothing changes, casting, mending, casting, mending. In these days, we don't expect much to happen other than what we've done the day before and the day before. Casting and mending are realities of life. But those are also the circumstances of our life in which Jesus comes to us. The context in which we hear Jesus' call to new life. This everyday casting and mending, this everyday activity, this is the place where we meet Jesus in which our ordinary is transformed. So these would-be disciples, Simon and Andrew and James and John, they're not looking for Jesus. They're casting and mending, casting and mending. They're following along in the family business day after day. They maybe didn't even notice Jesus because they were too busy casting and mending. But Jesus not only sees them, not only finds them, but he comes and speaks to them. Maybe you've experienced this like I have, but Jesus has this wonderful way to interrupt the monotony of our lives and finds us in that place where we need him. That's what he did in the lives of Simon and Andrew and James and John. And that's what he does with my life and your life 
follow me, is the invitation Jesus gave. And that's an invitation to new life for Simon and Andrew and James and John and for us all here today. In our gospel story, if these four fishermen accept this invitation, their lives will be forever different. They themselves will be different. They will no longer catch just fish, but instead they will fish for people. You know, a lot could be said for that. You're fishermen, but I will make you fish for people. What did Jesus mean? A lot of books have been written about that. But it's not, I don't think Jesus is just simply talking about a new job of catching new members or catching new followers of Jesus. When I hear Jesus say that, I hear him talking about a transformed life for Simon and Andrew and James and John. He could just have easily said to the carpenters, follow me and you will build the kingdom of heaven. To the farmers, follow me and you will grow the people of God. To the teachers, follow me and you will open the hearts and minds of the world. To parents, follow me and you will help nurture new life. So this isn't about fishermen and fishing. This is about the fact that wherever we are in our life, however we spend our time, that is where we can hear the call of Jesus. Follow me. Follow me is the call to participate with God in God's own saving work. It's the work of change. It's the work of growth. And this work is always about moving to a newer and larger vision, about orienting our life in a new direction, and about experiencing that our story, however little we may think it is, is part of God's big story. So as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and James and John, and he called to them. I always find this really fascinating. Jesus simply says, follow me and I'll give you a new job. And then there's no discussion, no questions, no goodbyes even. These four simply left and followed him. I think if Mark was writing this gospel and I was one of those in the boat, it would go something like this. Jesus said, follow me, and immediately the questions followed. Immediately the discussion ensued. Where are we going? What will we do? How will we get there? What do I need to take? Because I need to pack. How long will this be? Where, we will, st where will we stay? But this conversation, that conversation, didn't take place in our gospel story today. In fact, Jesus doesn't offer a map. 
Jesus doesn't provide an itinerary. Jesus doesn't even tell us the destination. All he does, all Jesus does, is offer an invitation. Come and follow me. Because this is not the type of journey we can prepare for. It's not about planning and organizing and making lists and making sure we collect the right things to take with us on this journey. If anything, we learn from this gospel is that this journey is not about taking anything. But rather, this journey is about what we leave behind. Listen to what Mark says in the gospel. In one place, it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. And then it says, they left their father Zebedee in the boat and followed him. This invitation, this follow me that Jesus calls us to, is the invitation to leave something behind. To leave behind our nets, whatever they may be. To leave behind our boats, whatever they may be. And to even leave behind our fathers, whatever they may be. That's the hard part for, most, for me, maybe most of us. But I'll say me, at least. I'm really good at collecting things. I'm really good at accumulating stuff. But I'm not so good at giving things away. I'm not so good at knowing those things of which I need to let go. But more often than not in my life, I've experienced that the spiritual journey is about finding those things of which we need to let go. Because we never get anywhere new if we're not willing to leave where we are. We never experiencing, experience anything new if we're not willing to give up what we've always known. We accept Jesus' invitation to follow him, not by packing up everything we need for the journey, but by letting go of those things that we don't. So please don't think I'm talking about giving up careers, selling houses, or disowning family. Those things may indeed happen. Those things may indeed need to happen. But not necessarily so. What I'm talking about, rather, is finding those things that hold us back. Finding those things that keep hold of our life and letting go so we can reorient ourselves to Jesus' new life. What are the nets that entangle us? What are the boats that keep us going in the same direction? Who is the Father in whom we seek approval and recognition apart from Jesus? Because when we let go, everything is transformed 
these nets, these boats, these fathers. I think that's why Jesus told these four disciples that they would still be fishermen. But now they would fish for people. Because they wouldn't become something they weren't already. It's just what they already were would be transformed into who they were meant to be. They would be changed. They would be transformed fishermen. They would more authentically be who God had made them to be. Ultimately, it's about letting go of what we think our life is so that we can take hold of that life that God has in store for us. And this letting go happens in the midst of our everyday, in the midst of our casting and mending and casting and mending. These days and moments of casting and mending, this is where Jesus shows up and calls us to a new direction, calls us to a new way of being, calls us to a transformed life. It happened for Simon. It happened for Andrew. It happened for James. It happened for John. And by God's grace, it can happen for you and me. Amen. Amen.